TikTok at this point only shows me stuff. Well, not only, but like 90% of my algorithm is black people, black 10 women. 10% is Chris Evans. <laughs> Honestly, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore because I stopped like going hard. I'm oh, like, yeah, they came those. over to me now. Now I get all the Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan shit and I send it back to you. Because it like, doesn't oh, know what else to give you. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, I love that. I, I just can't get over how it gives you an option to leave the meeting just because it's being recorded. I'll someone must have someone must have gone like full Karen on them when they didn't know they were being recorded, even though it always says recording on the top of the screen. But whatever. Maybe. Um, how are you? I'm good. Just good. Just good. Very overwhelmed at work, so I'm tired, but it's okay. I see you got a giant, uh, looks like a chewy box in the background there. Oh, okay. Yes. So you want to know what came in that bag or that box? I do. Uh, A smaller box of uh, (laughs) like bags, like poop bags. And the box that they come in is this big. For the listeners, it looks like her fingers are approximating the size of like an eyeglass holder. Yeah, that would be, it's a little bit like wider, but length, same. I can show it to you. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. That's a huge box though. Yeah. That's, that's annoying whenever you get a giant box for a smaller product. That's just not necessary. Yeah. That's small. And this is what all the rolls look like. That's all that came in that box. Yes. They like stuffed it with a bunch of paper and then it was just this. Talk about waste, man. Yeah. Wow. Well, let's hope those poopy bags are biodegradable. They are. I made sure I bought biodegradable. Oh, okay. Work. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I just got back from a happy hour with Seth and I'm I'm buzzed. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen him in over a month. He's one of those folks that's hard to make plans with because he's so sociable. So I (laughs) got him in for a happy hour. And um, you have you ever been to like a happy hour at a bougie place that you can get away with going to because of the happy hour prices? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's what we did. So we went to happy hour at this bougie place and it was really nice. Um, felt a little out of place because I was just wearing a t-shirt and other people were like wearing like suit jackets and collars, but I just decided not to. They were probably like got off of work and were just still wearing work clothes. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Uh, but it was, it was great. They had like, it was a a tapas place, but like nice tapas and yeah. And so we ordered every $5 happy hour plate they had, except for the shrimp, because I don't do that, but there was like steak kebabs and lamb frittatas and fried asparagus and uh manchego croquettes and they had this five dollar cocktail that was like rum and bitters and mint and i had uh three of those (laughs) so uh yeah it was a good time it was very nice and you know we gabbed about gay things hashtag happy pride um (laughs) (laughs) And uh, now I'm here. Well, how lovely. Actually, I've been meaning to show you something that I bought yesterday. Hold on. Let me go get it. Oh, okay. Okay. Not sure what this is. Oh, she's running. 
Oh, she's opening the freezer. Oh, what could this possibly be? Is it beer? It's beer. She just uncapped a beer. Are you showing me the Shea beer? Is that what this is? Are you trying to make me jealous? No, oh, it's not the Shea Coulee beer. I was at, um, oh, I was at Fresh Time yesterday to get milk. And I was like, oh, I know that they have untitled art. I should see if they have that smoothie seltzer that Zach had when the one that you drank, <gasps> that was mine. Did you and get they, it? They didn't have the exact same one, but this one is raspberry mango vanilla. Yo, that was so good. I don't know how to explain yeah. this to the listeners, but it legit tasted like a smoothie, but in a can. Well, I had one recently at a bar that was on tap and that was really good too. So I was oh, like, well, let me snatch this bad boy up. So um, look at you. Yeah, pop that. Cause I'm already three deep. You need to catch up. <laughs> you got <ASMR>. that. <laughs> My ears, they tingle. Can you see the color? Yeah. Do- oh. It looks like it's about to spill. Yeah. Isn't that pretty? It is very pretty. Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. She said, oh my God, it tastes so good. For anyone that doesn't really know me that well, I usually don't buy alcohol to keep at home. I don't know why I just don't. So like all the beer in my fridge is courtesy of my friend Morgan trying to clean out her fridge. Um, But yesterday I saw this and I was like, I deserve this. So... (laughs) (laughs) Good on you. Oh, yeah, I just untitled art is a little expensive, but uh-oh. again, I deserve it. <laughs> yeah, let's be flagrant. You know, it's the summer season. Oh my god. On a side note, um, I slightly blame you for this, but Nick and I started watching a show together called Singletown. It's a reality show on HBO Max, and the concept is Are you is saying that-, that because I'm single? No, hear me out. <laughs> the concept <laughs> is that five couples they split they take a break in an effort to date around to see if they want to stick together or not and they live and five of them so like one half of the couples five of them live together in a condo like a house Uh it's a mix of men and women and then the other five live across the hall in another condo house so there's some tension there one of them is a gay couple but the reason why i say i blame you is because Mm -hmm. It takes place in London, England. And so while watching it, because of when we were watching UK season two, I can't help but just <laughs> mock the English accents on this show. Okay, Every- I will say this. It's so hard because British people honestly say the most wackest shit ever. Oh, and it's like, do. how do y'all hear each other and not like <laughs> laugh at each other constantly? Like you sound ridiculous. <laughs> with this show too is that they say in it a lot like you could do a in drinking it. game drink every time they say in it and you would be blacked blacked out but yeah they say like oh he's looking pretty in it it's just a lot <laughs> i <Yeah>. love it <laughs> it's a no for me it's good though anyway that's my life uh the return to the office is impending as you know but oh guess what we did get an invite yesterday for a party did i not say i was hoping for a welcome back party you did it's a picnic at some sort of farm situation oh there'll be barbecue it's that sounds uh, nice it's actually before we go back it's a couple of weeks before so we are actually doing something similar in july let me pull up my calendar and see oh, um, we're july having- 17th oh that's my brother's birthday oh my god happy birthday Aww, jt how cute <laughs> 
I think ours is the 23rd. Yeah. It, we're having like a field day type of thing where oh, that's fun. like a yoga instructor, board games. We're going to play capture the flag. And <gasps> oh, that sounds so fun. I wish you know how competitive I am. Yeah. And the nice thing is they're paying for people that don't live in the state or in the city to come travel oh, to Milwaukee to be at field day because they want everybody to be there. So <clears throat> we have one staff member who lives in DC and then we have two in lacrosse and then one in um, the green Bay area. So they're all coming. So that'll be so fun. And we're all getting headshots. They got us a photographer to do headshots for all of us so that we can all have, oh. ew, so we could all have like matching headshots, which will be nice because our website is a little messy. Wait, so are you taking headshots like in your field? day gear no we're all getting we're so we're doing one headshot in like a lit t-shirt and then another headshot in professional attire and then i'm sure we will have the opportunity to change out of our professional attire oh. into field day attire that sounds wonderful you need to keep me posted on that because i that sounds like a lot of fun actually hopefully it's not too hot i hope not it'll be fun though i can't wait and my department is having our our department meeting today or today on Thursday in person. We're going to Cafe Benelux. I can't wait. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I love my colleagues. <laughs> All good news. Well, shall we move on to our topic for the day? Yeah. Speaking of work. <laughs> well, this is my work. It's episode 15 that's episode one five say it episode one five we're talking about social media today i graduated high school in 2015 so wow one five (laughs) (laughs) now i believe this conversation um i think zach's going to be the cynic and ely might be a little bit more protective of social media considering it is her job but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I just, I noticed that your things I love about social media section is a lot bigger than the things I hate about social media. Well, I was very like, I mean, I think there's a lot more. I mean, I don't know. I didn't want to be too negative um, because again, social media is my job. So I kind of have to have like a more positive outlook, but I just like started and I was like, Ooh, and this is good. But in my defense, I mean, there's one, two, three, four, five, one two there's only one more bullet point you do know this podcast is called exhausted not elated right (laughs) it's still my job I'm okay yes yeah you're right (laughs) I literally said at the beginning of this that I'm overwhelmed and tired (laughs) okay fair enough um well would you like to start with a negative or a positive um, let's go with the negative. Wait, I checked in my smoothie seltzer and Morgan said, where did you get that? And why do I also not have one? Oh no. She said, why do I also have one? Uh, <laughs> We're so cute. Wow. Yeah. Social media. <laughs> <laughs> not untapped. <laughs> okay. Why don't anyway, you, uh, I was start. thinking we could start with talking about very basics, which is our least favorite slash worst social media and which is our favorite slash best um let's start with worst i i i mean i have my own story about this that i'll elaborate on later but my least favorite is instagram sorry not sorry facts no printer no cap whatever stop don't say that (laughs) 
Are you going to elaborate more? Oh, okay. Well, okay. So (laughs) I guess I can get this to to this now, but I have a very tricky relationship with Instagram. I think back in high school and early college, it was all hunky-dory, but then something happened during college where my my self-esteem really like was tanking and I just didn't have like a perception of myself. And I felt like I was always comparing myself to other people, even strangers, actually mostly strangers, um, especially like being a gay man and just seeing all of the, the gay community passing me by on Instagram and what I wasn't doing and what I wasn't taking a part of. And I realized that I, think Instagram was the root of this because I was just always just like scrolling and seeing and and you know just the stereotypical cliche of like everyone else just looks like they're having way more fun than me they're way more beautiful than me because that's the perception that Instagram puts out there and it's not necessarily Instagram's fault or the user's fault it's just kind of like a given with that platform so I think it was 2017 I took it off my phone. I think my account is still alive because I didn't feel like going through the steps to delete it and shit, but I don't have it on my phone. And it just almost like immediately improved my mental health because I didn't have that like outlet for my eyes to mull over and constantly see the people I was comparing myself to or the lifestyles I was comparing myself to. So because of that, I think negatively on Instagram, because I think of that as a sort of baseline for the toxicity of image that permeates social media. And I'll talk about TikTok too. I think TikTok is is a part of that, but Instagram, like I said, I think it's a baseline. Like that's the, the breeding ground for Facetune and the breeding ground for like beach pictures and, and brand deals and blah, blah, blah. So just not for me, it's definitely my least favorite. Um, my least favorite is probably, I'm, I'm back and forth between Facebook and Twitter. I almost want to say Twitter, but then at the same time, I feel like the, the way that Twitter is able to be so like fast paced is so funny to me. And like, like it can be funny. It can be really enjoyable. I guess all of these platforms can be funny and enjoyable, but I guess I just use Twitter the least. Like, I don't really get it. I feel like the people that use Twitter have like this perception that like everybody cares about what they have to say. And it's like, sure, but also like, do they, you know? So yeah, but Twitter, the I see what you mean where like, it could be kind of funny. Twitter is like weaponized. Twitter can really be used to just like latch onto something really quickly, like you said. And it can be a force for good or a force for bad. And like, I don't have, one thing I like about Twitter is that you don't have to make an account to see like what's trending and stuff. So I actually Mm -hmm. check Twitter like once a day, the trending to see what people are talking about. So I can feel like in the know. And there are some like really fucking funny tweets. Like I remember specifically when it comes to pop culture things, right, um, right, especially music, when like something new is released, the tweets about music, are so funny to me like the tweets about uh solar power by laura that just came out or when uh olivia rodrigo sour came out people on twitter are funny but i can see what you mean where it's like everyone like, thinks they're the most important could, person in the room i could spend like an afternoon scrolling through twitter and not see anything interesting so i just kind of like gave up on it but like 
it just felt like once in a while I would get like a, a good, like a gem and it'd be like, okay, yeah, this is why I love Twitter. Um, but yeah, Twitter and pop culture is absolutely iconic. Like, I feel like Twitter is also primarily like meme culture right now. Like a lot of memes that we see are literally just tweets. So <laughs> I will say, oh, sorry. I will say I applaud Twitter for that. Um, I just don't use it that often. And I just hate Facebook because I feel like it's the least creative um, or like allows you to be the least creative. Um, and it, I feel like it's just mostly become a platform that's supporting capitalism. And I mean, now Facebook owns everything. So they're also like monopolizing social media and they just make it so difficult to do things. Like if anyone... I mean, well, yeah, okay, so around the election, you know, like, they're very strict about, like, political ads, because everybody knows Mark Zuckerberg basically allowed for hooligans to take over in 2016, and that's how Trump got elected, <laughs> so they're very strict now about political ads. I had to give them my social security number, send them a picture of my um, driver's license, and then give them my address and then wait for them to send me a piece of paper in the mail with a code on it and then enter the code on the website. They basically had to do like a whole background check on me and confirm that I was a real person in order for me to have just like permissions on my account to run political ads. And for anyone that doesn't know, I work for a C3, C4 organization. So like half of what we do is political. So that was obviously something I had to do, but it was just like, I felt so weird giving my social security number to a social media platform, but you know, did what I had to do. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just have a lot of animosity towards Mark Zuckerberg in general. Um, <laughs> the Zucks. Hate him. He looks like a robot. I could go on. <laughs> um, yeah, that's probably my least favorite. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'm glad that they have all the checks and balances, but the reason why they have those is because of the, they're dealing with the consequences of them flinging the gates open, particularly like in right. 2016. Well, and it's very obvious. It's like, y'all feel guilty now, or you realize everybody hates you. So now you're making it harder for people who are actually trying to do like good work. Yeah. So what's your favorite social media platform? So contrary to your... Um, message earlier I think Instagram is my favorite platform because just of like because of all I think because I think Instagram is the most creative platform that you could use like there's so much shit you can do on Instagram now you could run a whole small business solely on Instagram like that's insane you can be a video person you could have a hour-long tv segment on Instagram you could you can organize people on Instagram. You can sh share your art on Instagram. Like, I just think like Instagram is like, has become a hub for creativity and has become a hub of, for like information. Like that's how a lot of people are educating themselves now is by like reading and sharing infographics on Instagram, which is like a lot of what I try and do on my works Instagram page. Like once a week, I try and share like an infographic with a specific call to action. But yeah, I think Instagram has changed a lot. And I think you can just do a lot of cool shit on there now that you weren't able to do before. And I think a lot of that is, I feel like this might be like low-key kind of promoting capitalism, but like it is like them trying to compete and keep up with TikTok. Like a lot of the stuff that they've done, they've done so that they could just 
stay one step ahead of TikTok. And I think they're actually doing a good job. Um, and yeah, I think they've rebranded themselves a lot. Like when I think of Instagram, I don't necessarily think of like the Instagram that was in like the early 2010s where like people would post pictures of just like themselves. Like now it's mostly like graphics and artwork and a lot of video content now that you can do different lengths of video. Like there's IGTV, which is a minute or longer or Instagram reels, which is 30 seconds or less, or there's just Instagram video, which is up to a minute long. So it's a lot of, it's a good mix. And I feel like I have the most freedom. um, And that's where the most like people that are, that I can relate to are on Instagram. Like people that are on Instagram are my age, do what I do and like think the way that I think. So that's just where I found like to be the most comfortable. Interesting. We'll have to talk about the cannibalization of features on social media platforms in and of itself because I think that's a different convo. But my favorite social media platform hands down is Reddit. (laughs) Just because I think Reddit is so, Reddit is purely information focused. Um, It's not like your identity on Reddit is, it's tied to the content, at least from my perspective, your identity on Reddit has nothing to do with you as a person. Like you don't have a profile where you post pictures of yourself or videos of yourself or really anything like that. Like you're contributing to community. That's what it is. You're contributing to a community. And I love that Reddit is its own hub of the internet, so to speak. You know, like they literally have subreddits. There's a subreddit for almost anything you could think of. And so you can go to that place and only interact with people who have a desire to contribute to that subreddit. So there's a subreddit for uh, Amtrak. You know, if you're a train lover and you want to talk about like Amtrak, you can go to the Amtrak subreddit and like live it up. There's hilarious fucking subreddits. Like there's one of my favorites is Disney vacation where people take those wiki how illustrations and take them completely out of context and give a new caption to them. So I just think it's a little bit of everything. And I like that it's divorced from the self. I know I could understand why some people don't like that, but I do. And I find myself on it a lot. I'm usually a lurker, not really a poster, but love Reddit amazing (laughs) (laughs) I actually have never even like ever thought to use reddit but I do appreciate that it is a social platform where you're not at like operating as yourself you can be literally whoever you want to be but like still there's never like a really a face to the name people just like you for your content and not for like your persona (laughs) yeah and and it's very like loving I think like people on Reddit are very supportive of each other. And I also like how, unlike Facebook and Twitter, who seem to take action on political things after shit hits the fan, like they, they um, revoked Trump's privileges after January 6th. I feel like Reddit is pretty on top of shutting, like just completely shutting down subreddits that are toxic before they get too big. So like them shutting down the proud boy subreddit, or shit like that. Like, I think they're pretty on top of it and I appreciate that. And of course, Reddit operates on moderators for each subreddit. So it's kind of like the community policing itself, so to speak. Yeah. And you know what? That actually kind of goes well with like one of the things that I put that I don't like about social media is I feel like now like the bigger platforms like Instagram and well, not even Instagram really, like Facebook are like trying to do something like that, but it's just like either not helpful and it's 
too little, too late at this point. And um, sometimes it doesn't even work. Like the fact that, so I'm in a BIPOC Facebook group for fans of my favorite podcast. And it's like, we have to really, like our mods are always on top of people to making sure they use YT instead of white. And like, just like little things like that, because they will literally put you in Facebook jail for saying anything Facebook jail. That's what we call it. (laughs) They'll put you in Facebook jail. And it's funny because whenever one of our like members will get come out of Facebook jail, it'll be like, hey everyone, they're back. And everybody's like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's so funny, but like nine times out of ten, you'll get thrown in there if you are attacking someone for being racist and you say something like, oh, white people do this, they'll be like, oh no. (laughs) Okay. Um, so I feel like they're trying to do that because they see how other platforms do it well, but they just don't do it well. And it's probably because like, they don't have any other options other than to use like bots and then have like an actual person go through like flags from the bots, but it's just annoying. And again, too little, too late. (laughs) Well, I wanted to talk about, like, like I just mentioned, I, I don't think I put this on the outline necessarily, but the idea of platforms stealing things from each other it makes me wonder a lot because I'm like, I know we're trying to avoid monopolies here, but at what point do too many platforms do the same thing? So like, you know, everyone took stories from Snapchat and now that TikTok's the thing, guess who, like even YouTube has shorts now. YouTube has shorts to compete with TikTok and, and, you know, Instagram has these things now. So I do kind of wonder like, so, okay, at what point are we just bleeding into one another? Yeah. I will say there are some ways that this was done well. Like I think the way that Instagram adapted Instagram stories from Snapchat was done well because it is like slightly di- different in a way. However, well, actually, no. And the way that they adapted the TikToks, they made it a little bit different and they made the interface a little bit different. So it's like a different way that you would edit it and they're shorter videos. So I get their, I, I get what they're trying to do, but I think they, they did it a little bit better because they put their own spin on it in a way, even though a lot of people just download TikToks and re-upload them as Instagram reels. Um, but I will say Twitter now has stories and they're called fleets. Name one person that uses Twitter fleets. No one. Are you kidding? <laughs> it's not, it's literally nothing special. Facebook has stories, I think because they own Instagram. So they were like, oh, we have to adapt to this because it's so popular on Instagram. It's just like, okay, we get it. Um, so I think like if a, if a company does it well, then it's like, okay, this is different. And you kind of have to be on, like on top of it. Your timing has to be like just perfect. Like when Instagram introduced reels, it was because everyone thought that TikTok was getting taken away and they like really hit it right in the sweet spot. And then after Instagram did reels, Snapchat started having something like TikTok, YouTube, like everybody else started doing it. And it was kind of like, okay, that, that that's enough, you know, calm down. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's not a perfect cycle either. Cause they'll double back and steal from the people who steal from, like, I remember Snapchat has their version of a boomerang now. So Instagram what? stole, yeah, Instagram stole stories from them. And now Snapchat's like, okay, we're going to steal boomerangs how? from you. What, how, like some of the stuff, it just doesn't make sense. And then thinking about how Snapchat especially has evolved so wildly and like rapid fire, like 
I first got Snapchat like when I was in middle school, like when it first came out and it was literally like 10 seconds. You could only fit one line of text. There were no stories. You couldn't send videos. Remember you couldn't send videos. That was like a big thing. Snapchat might win the most improved award. Yeah, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) And now thinking of how like you can make videos that are a minute long you can add emojis and gifts and all these cute little doodads and you can put all <laughs> kinds of texts and there's stories and you can have groups and all kinds of stuff. let's not it's get like- to the discover page remember remember when the discover page used to be only like six channels and oh now there's infinite amounts <laughs> yeah that's also scary the fact that everybody and their brother has a snapchat channel like brad mondo why does he need a snapchat channel i don't know um (laughs) yeah i don't know i i I just i this is turning into a conversation about snapchat now but like i liked it because i felt like it was such an intimate way to talk to people whereas like you couldn't get that on facebook or instagram and now it's just trying too hard to be more like broad and it's like that's the way that you've structured this like you can't really do that yeah well before we get off of snapchat can we talk about like why you and i are still on it because i think there's oh i love snapchat me too i love snapchat but there's a perception i guess it's particularly coming from gen z but there's a perception that like snapchat is over and like it's it's been there done that okay i've heard that multiple times i okay my friends and i have a snapchat group and like that's how we communicate with each other yeah same i have one with robin and riley Right. We have a Snapchat group. It's so much fun. I like posting on my story. Like I, like, again, I like it because it's intimate. Whereas like, if I post something on my Instagram story, an infinite number of people can see it. Whereas like Snapchat is like a little bit more cozy and cute. Like whoever I want to see it is going to see it, you know? Yeah. And you can talk one-on-one in like a way better format than DMs somewhere else. So I, I don't know where we would be without Snapchat. I would be lost. <laughs> Me and Morgan wouldn't talk. We only talk on Snapchat. I never text her. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you and I Snapchat every day. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I don't know. It's just, I like it. Like having, seeing like facial reactions and shit, like being able to, I don't know. There's just a yeah, certain je ne sais quoi. It was incredibly innovative to be able to like message people with pictures. Like who else was doing that back then? Literally no one. And no one really is still doing that. Like, I don't know who else you can message people directly back and forth with pictures. Like that's so cool. But I also love that it low-key started as like a sexual thing too. It did? Oh, yeah, you could like send yeah. nudes and yeah, it would go away. Would go that away. was the thing. You It would go away and you could screenshot it and it would tell the other person if you screenshot it. Mm-hmm. That's true. Now you can have it be for an infinite amount of time. and Yeah, it's <laughs> really expanded. Snaps. Yeah, it's crazy. I think Snapchat, other than Facebook, is what I've had for the longest. I remember I got a Snapchat the day I got my first iPhone, which was like way back in 2011. So we're coming up on 10 years of me having the same Snapchat account. I think I've, I think Snapchat will tell you how long you've been on Snapchat. Let me see if I can find it. Really? I want to say I was, I want to say I was on Snapchat. Starting. You said middle school. That was joined. Okay. No, I lied. Joined Snapchat on November 29th, 2012. Wait, so that was my freshman year. Wait, of high where school. do you, where do you see this? So if you go like on Snapchat, click uh-huh. on your bitmoji in the corner and then scroll all the way to the bottom and it's at the bottom. Scroll all the way to the bottom of this page right here. Oh, this is a lie. 
It says join January 2nd, 2015. That's a lie. That has to be true because your account is Zach UWM. I had oh, a Snapchat. I just said your Snapchat account. <laughs> wow. Thank you. I had a Snapchat in high school, so I must have changed it. But anyway, um, yeah, let's let's stop talking about Snapchat. <laughs> okay, also think, now you're mad because you weren't on Snapchat <laughs> no, for that long. No. Um, I also think that the youth seem to think Facebook is like flop era now. Oh, it but- to- like name one person <laughs> under the age of like 18 that's on Facebook. That's a good point. I, to be perfectly honest, there is two reasons why I have Facebook. And this has changed because I used to be, and when I say used to, I mean like as recently as like 2020, I used to be the guy that just posted articles to Facebook thinking I was doing something. And then I realized no one gave a shit basically. Um, So now I have Facebook for words of friends (laughs) and I have it for like Honestly, it sounds stupid, but it, it notifies me when people have their birthdays, which is super helpful, especially for people who aren't like my super duper close friends. But you know, people you can download know Google sh- calendars. <laughs> no, I no, and it is it is just like it's. Here's the thing about Facebook: it feels like a given, you know. And I don't know if that's a bad thing or not. Uh, for us, I think it's accurate because we, because you know what, we were born at like the perfect time where we were so young when Facebook came out that it feels like a given to us because like, that's all we know. That was like the first experience yeah. with social media. I mean, I had a MySpace, so I guess that was also social media. Oh, remember MySpace? Oh my God. I never had one. Oh my God. It was like very taboo. Like I couldn't get a MySpace unless my mom also had a MySpace so she could keep an eye on what Ooh. I was putting on my account. Yeah. No, remember Tumblr was my MySpace. Could- I also, I had a Tumblr too. <laughs> oh, I just, I miss how you could like put music on your profile and like you could code it so that your background looked a specific way and then you could change <laughs> your top eight friends and it was just so nice. I miss MySpace. <laughs> it, it's funny, I mentioned Tumblr. I, I, I can't compare them because like I said, I never had a MySpace, but Tumblr is also pretty Per, uh, customizable and mm-hmm. I actually just logged back into it the other day because I mentioned it to Nick and I was like I wonder if I remember my password and I did and uh, so here's the thing I left Tumblr when they removed porn and it wasn't even because Thank I God. Looked, okay it wasn't even because I looked at the porn I just was like oh everyone's leaving I'm a leave too <laughs> <laughs> you were like how unfair yeah but I actually like I love Tumblr and I had some my my Tumblr was a comedy Tumblr. I had some Aww. really funny shit that I reblogged. Like I actually saved some of the pictures when I was browsing through my um, Tumblr account. I feel so, like you were using Tumblr as recently as like when we first met. Like I feel like I vaguely oh, remember I was. Like being on Tumblr. Yeah. Yeah. But see, this is like, this is my brand of humor. This is like a meerkat and it says mischief. <laughs> I want that on a t-shirt or this it's it's Squidward's button from that one episode of Spongebob but it says I really wish I was gagging on a dick right now <laughs> so Tumblr is funny um <laughs> it's so dumb anyway oh my God. Um, what would you like to talk about next <laughs> Well, it's funny you brought up Tumblr because I recently, like as of like a few months ago, got like an email from Tumblr saying that if I didn't log back into my account, they were going to change my username so that someone <gasps> else could have it. Oh, no. 
oh, I guess I'm glad I logged back in. Right, because they were like, you've been inactive for five years. <laughs> it's oh, like, oh, shit. shit. Okay. <laughs> so did you do it? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they could have the username. I don't care. But yeah, I don't know. Um, what do you want to talk about? Should I go through my list of things that I hate and love about um, Well, I would like to talk about TikTok because it's a recent entry into our lives. Mm-hmm. So my relationship with TikTok, I got it last year. Lo- <laughs> I'm sorry. I just saw Shuri <laughs> rise in the background and I don't know what she got. She's trying to get something on the- that's on my countertop but she's oh. <laughs> to reach it. I don't know why oh, she yeah. thinks. Come here, honey. Come here. I just saw her head poke up and it was very funny. <laughs> um, anyway. Very much enjoyed TikTok, especially during like quarantine. It was very fun outlet. And I feel like that was like, that was the time. Like my For You page was at its prime last summer where just like every other video that was coming by was so fucking funny. And I was saving it to my favorites. But something's happened, I think in 2021, where it's, I get mad at myself because it's not doing it for me as much anymore, but I still go on it the same amount. And it's like, it's that addictive loop of you keep scrolling up, hoping that the next video will be like golden and you keep going and going and going. And honestly, it's starting to become a problem to the point where I'm like, do I delete it entirely? Or like, instead of having my phone in reaching distance in the morning, I set it somewhere else that when my alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed so that I'm not scrolling through TikTok for like half an hour in bed. So yeah, I I still like, there are some really good, like we send each other TikToks, I feel like every other day, you know, and there are some good ones, but I'm, I get, I scare myself sometimes with like the amount of time I spend on it. And I'm like, I really could be spending my time better but you're just constantly in that pursuit of the next golden thing. It's almost like a lottery in that sense. Yeah. Um, I kind of had like a similar moment where I was like, "Uh, TikTok's not really doing it for me anymore. I almost deleted it, but I can't really because I have a TikTok account for work. So I had to keep it. But I was just kind of like, you know, maybe I'll go on it sometimes. I had like a month long period where I was not going on TikTok at all. And then I don't know what it was. I would just like go back on. But I will say, I think maybe you need to just like restart your algorithm or something like go back to like a hashtag that has a lot of videos that you like, or like, because that's how I first got my algorithm to be all artists TikTok. When I first got TikTok, I immediately went to like hashtag acrylics, hashtag gouache, hashtag artist or whatever. And like, that's only, only videos I would watch for like a couple of days. And then in, or Instagram, then TikTok started understanding like, okay, this person wants more artist content. So that's what it would show me. So I don't know. I love TikTok. I think it's absolutely incredible <laughs> how it's built itself up. And sometimes I like randomly remember that TikTok used to be that Musical.ly app. And it's like, wow, look how far we've come. (laughs) Yeah, no, that is weird. I was just looking in the outline. You wrote uh, that TikTok has the smartest algorithm you've ever seen. Mm -hmm. Um, It's truly incredible. See, I would have, I would have agreed with that like a year ago, but now this part of my issue, and again, I don't get it because I haven't necessarily spent any less time on it, but I feel like now I'm just getting worldwide popular TikToks every other TikTok I'm seeing has like over a million likes and I'm like 
Well, what is I think this? the problem is too, you have said this before, you don't like double tap, like like a lot of TikToks because you like to like keep that as like your sacred rewatchables. Oh, and that's yeah. probably why you're in your algorithm is shit because TikTok <laughs> thinks that you don't like the videos it's showing you. So it's showing you popular shit because they're like, I don't know what else to give you. Like other people like this. So here you go. Whereas it's not, try, it's not like understanding what you individually like. It's just giving you stuff that everyone, like mm. the masses like. There is a separate function where you can click add to favorites. So you can still have your favorite section and still like go through and like is a ton of really? videos. Is there really? I legit did not know that. Yeah, you just yeah. go to, you have to go to like the share arrow. And when you click on that, click add to favorites instead of sharing it. I might have to start going through my liked and do that. Cause like, yeah, like you said, my, my, the TikToks I like are my easy access. Like I will watch this again and laugh yeah. or something. <laughs> no, that's how it knows what you like is like how long you spend watching something. If you watch it again and if you interact with it. So like, even if I don't double tap something, I'll like go in and like the comments or something that are really funny. So that TikTok knows that I like this type of content. So you do fancy this algorithm, I suppose. I think it's absolutely brilliant. Like TikTok at this point only shows me stuff. Well, not only, but like 90% of my algorithm is black people, black 10 women. 10% is Chris Evans. <laughs> Honestly, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore because I stopped like going hard on oh, like, yeah, they came over to me now. Now I get all the Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan shit. And I send it back to you. Cause Ilya. it I'm doesn't like, know what else to give you. <laughs> God damn it. Well, I'm glad that you got your algorithm in check. Yeah. It's like all black people, a lot of artists, um, a lot of just like fun shit. It's really figured out like my sense of humor. <laughs> I mean, they did get the gay figured out for me. I always get gay TikToks, but some of them are like, see, this is what I, I was alluding to on the outline where in terms of me debating whether or not to get rid of it, because now it's like becoming an Instagram thing again, where I'm getting TikToks of like pretty people that just do like, like, oh, I'm so pretty. And I'm just but kind you of know what? over that. You know what will honestly change your life? What? Is the block button. I literally will block celebrities because I don't want to see their shit ever on my but feed ever. You, you can block <laughs> TikTok accounts? Of course. You can block anyone on any platform. It will change your life. I have Kylie Jenner blocked. I have Kim <laughs> Kardashian. I don't want to see that shit. Like I'm sick of it. So I want to see like real people. So I just block them. <laughs> wow. Maybe I just need to be start. I need to start being harsher. Well, and that's why I've grown to like really like Instagram because I, I went through my the people that I followed and I was like, I'm following majority of celebrities, pretty people and like brands that I don't even really care about that much that I'm just following out of loyalty. And I was like, if anything important happens on like celebrity Instagram, I'm going to read about it on like Buzzfeed later. So like, I don't need to follow these people. So I just went and unfollowed all of them and made sure that like most of the people that I followed were people that I knew or people that I like support that are not celebrities or like huge figures. Like some, I still do follow some celebrities, but it'll be like celebrities that I like really will love any of their projects or anything that they do. So it's really all about like you, that's kind of what I like about it now is that they figured out how to create algorithms where it's like you create the experience. It's like a create your own adventure. <laughs> like you can really create whatever you wanna see on Instagram. And that's like really fun because now we have like all of these like niche communities. There's like Bookstagram, there's food Instagram, there's beer Instagram, there's like, tiny niche communities that it's like, if that's all you want to see, go for it. That is all we will show you. It's really fun. 
That's fair. That's a good point. Well, before we get into the total like cuddly buddy social media is great thing, I do have one thing, one more thing that I think encapsulates a bunch of little points that I have an opinion on that I hate. I hate that social media has perpetuated this idea of a personal brand because ergo the title of this podcast, I just find that idea like exhausting. And it, when I say it encapsulates a bunch of different little points, you know, I, 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 again, it's not hurting anybody, so to speak. I mean, part of it is like, let's talk about how social media, particularly Instagram uh, has perpetuated a lot of body dysmorphia um, because of Facetune, because of like retouching and because it's all about that personal brand and like presenting this image of beauty, hotness, wealth is a big part of it. Like there are people like for God's fucking sakes, there are like fake planes in LA that you can pay to go to, to take pictures and make it look like you're <laughs> on a private plane. And so that all of that, just to create this idea of like a brand that I don't think really existed yeah. before social media is very taxing. And I, hate yes, it. I agree. I think I think branding is incredibly important if you're like an actual brand on social media, but if you are just a person and you're not selling a product or providing a service, like the, I think it's incredibly exhausting having to use the same filter on every single one of your photos to keep up your aesthetic and only post this color of picture. It's like, Oh my God. I don't know. I, I don't do that. I just post whatever the fuck I want on my personal account and on my work account. I tell my coworkers, don't send me shit that isn't in our colors. Well, yeah, but this is, it also ties into influencer culture, which on the outline you seem to defend. So I'm curious to see what you say, but I, I, I just feel like everybody now everybody okay not everybody but like a lot of people now want to be influencers like they want to have a a following if anything and it leads to this like I said perpetuation of like aesthetic and and brand and also like there are new platforms popping up have you heard of paparazzi no paparazzi is this new platform apparently it was like the most downloaded app on the app store last month where you can only post pictures from the front facing camera because you're supposed to post pictures that other people take of you. It's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> That's weird. I just don't like, I, I'm not disparaging people that want to build a brand, especially because like you said, like if you're, if business is tied to this, Instagram can be incredibly helpful. TikTok can be incredibly helpful in terms of building a brand. But if you're just a person that just makes I don't know, videos about you pranking your friends and then you take pictures of yourself like shirtless after a long day of doing hot nothing. I just, I'm really tired of that. And the fact that there's so many kids these days that are like, I want to be an influencer. I mean, I hate to be all fuddy-duddy, but I just kind of roll my eyes at that. Well, honestly, like I get how influencer culture can be so toxic, especially for young people because they feel pressured to have such a large following. But honestly, like I don't hate on anybody for having like an aspiration to like do work that's easy and comfortable and familiar to them. Like if you want to grow up and be an influencer because you want to be your own boss, you want to work from home, you want to do whatever you want, take whatever deals you want, and you want to make a lot of money, like that's fine. You do you. I personally don't want to do that because I don't enjoy that, but I'm not going to knock anybody who does because like, honestly, there's nothing like, I think the way that our society has built us up, like, I think a lot of people are shifting to that because they can make so much money off of it and they don't have to deal with corporate bullshit. 
Yeah, but then when they get them corporate brand deals, that's a different story. And I think I'm but they're also, contracted. They're not working did, for the company, so they still don't yeah. have to deal with the, the 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 work culture that's oppressive to so many people. They can do whatever the fuck they want from the comfort of their home and never have to see the CEO of whatever company they're promoting because they connected with the whoever account manager of this company, and that was it. They got their twenty k on to the next thing. It's like for some people, it's like. Yeah, that's pretty fucking chill. That's a sweet ass deal. That's fair. I think I'm also disillusioned though, because a lot of the the top influencers are uh, talentless, problematic, or a combination of both. We see you, James Charles. We see you. But you know what? He's not a bad person because he's an influencer. He's a bad person because he's a bad person. Like, I think it's hard for us to separate influencer from the person because like they're bad people, but they're also popular. So it's like you automatically associate negative behavior with influencer because of these people but like he didn't become a bad person because and well I don't know maybe he did but I think it has nothing to do with his pres like the brand he's built but more to do with just how he's a bad person well well, I was going to say though could we not link influencership influencership and uh popularity to like the corruption that comes with a large fan base especially on social media platforms Sure. He's hyping himself up, getting views for doing the most whack shit, putting on like a fake pregnancy belly. Yeah, that's that. I guess that's what I'm alluding to. Like, like he's actually a perfect example. Jeffree Star is too, especially since Jeffree Star for some fucking reason is still like wildly successful. Is oh my that- God. I saw a TikTok about Jeffree Star earlier today. <laughs> it was so scary. You want to send that to me? <laughs> I don't even know if I can find it, but it was like okay. a video that he put out recently and everybody was like. <laughs> okay. For those of you who don't know, let me give a quick rundown. James Charles is a predator. He predates on underage boys. Uh, and Jeffree Star is a history of racial slurs and um, discrimination on many different levels in his company. But yeah, I think that's part of what infuriates me. And yes, of course, there are a bunch of smaller influencers that this might not apply to. But in terms of big ones that are setting the standard, I think it's important to acknowledge that they're setting the standard is that no matter what shit they do, they still come out on top, it seems. And I can't, I don't really know how to deal with that. And again, like I said, it might influence my attitude towards influencers as a whole. But like, how is it that if you have a platform, so to speak, if you have a platform, because you are your own boss, you can get away with shit and still make money. And that just makes me mad. And, and again, capitalism, it's capitalism. It makes me mad that Jeffree Star is a millionaire, like hundreds of millions of dollars. Billionaire. Like, billionaire. Okay. Yeah. For so me. much money. Okay. A, so much money for being an awful person. And yet there are thousands of homeless people on the street that just want to get a new start at life you know that type of shit i know that's that's like capitalism it just makes me mad i think with influencers in particular since they they give the air of of not doing anything like being pretty or being good at makeup i think my hands are in the air right now i'm just like i that's what annoys me you know what i mean it's kind of like the whole like yeah, no, I it's, it's kind of like the whole like teachers getting paid shit while athletes make millions of dollars thing. Mm-hmm. That sort of dynamic where it's like, look at these people doing such hard work. And then there are people who play games or there are very pretty people that get millions of dollars just for being pretty. And it just festers on social media. Yeah. Well, and I think we're it's still at a point in time where like 
we really had to like write out a, a learning curve with social media because it just came out of nowhere and it was nothing anybody was prepared for and it grew so quickly. So I think like we're still trying to figure out accountability culture versus cancel culture. We're still trying to figure out how we can make sure that these people don't have a platform anymore. But a lot of it is really like out of anyone's control. It's just what we've created because this was like a new thing just 10, 20, 15 years ago, and we still don't really understand it. But it's so that, fascinating to me. That is that is true, especially what you said about accountability versus canceling. Um, I'm not about to be that guy that's like, no, oh, cancel culture is wrong because some people- Cancel culture doesn't yeah. exist. That's the problem. Yeah, it's like, go. we're not trying to quote unquote cancel anyone. We want you to be held accountable for the dumb shit that you say and do. Like, of course, exactly. people can change and people can learn, blah, blah, blah. But like- don't tell me that Jeffree Star was canceled when he's still living in his house, making money, probably making money off of videos. I don't even know if he's made videos. I don't know what he's doing, but clearly he's still rich. Cancel culture doesn't exist, but accountability culture is coming for you. Ooh, get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think I might be ready to talk about the positives of social media. I mean, there's still lots to discuss in terms of like, social media's part and the proliferation of fake news and um, the conservative parts of these platforms. But part of me just doesn't well, want to give them a voice. Oh, okay. I was going to say, we can keep going. I don't care. This is again, like you said, exhausted. Like, yeah. I, 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 sometimes I, it's I, a little too exhausting to talk about that stuff. Yeah. Well, I, I just think on that point, I'll, I'll say this. I think we all came off of an extremely tough year, like underline it, highlight it scribble over it tough year on many points especially politically and I personally have learned a lot about social media's role in shaping our political landscape because naive me before 2020 kind of thought that they were separate and now I'm understanding that no social media had a big part in the insurrection it had a big part in the election um, and not just 2020 election, you know, so we'll talk about how obviously it can be a force for good, but I'm realizing that I'll say outright, I think the whole, like the whole Trumper movement, like people that still fucking think that he's going to be president again, I blame social media for that. Like I blame like social media connects people for good, but this is the evil side of it, you know, and it breeds ignorance. Like we all know about fake news. We all know about um doom scrolling we all know about these pundits that that get traction because of their ridiculousness like and and the news cycle is also a big part of this but people like christian walker who we all love to make fun of we're kind of like giving him airtime because he's so fucking ridiculous on tiktok but he's part of that far right group that gets attention on social media for their ridiculousness and part of me thinks it's counterintuitive, but I also play a part in it because I send you Christian Walker videos all the time. I'm like, look at this fucking nut, you know? It's not like Christian Walker directly is benefiting from you giving him that share. Like somebody, this is why people are very particular about how they take his videos because they will screen record and then uh, post yes. the screen recording. So he's not actually getting views and stuff. But I mean, yes, I, I know what you mean. It is like, he's still growing more and more and getting more and more famous and becoming more and more recognizable because of the fact that people are like, look at this idiot. And honestly, that feeds like 
the reason behind why people say dumb shit on the internet because they know people will share it. Like that group of like white people that will put like spaghetti on the table and be like, oh my God, wow, this is a super (laughs) cool way to eat spaghetti. Like those videos are all satire. They're just making them because they know people are going to share them and be like, ew, what is this? And like, it's so obvious. I don't even want to share their videos anymore. They're so cringy. I'm so sick of seeing them. I hate those people. Or like the people that make Facebook videos and them doing magic tricks. And then they post, they put ads in their video right before they like do the big reveal. It's like, I'm not going to finish watching your video because I hate you already. That's a whole, that's a whole everything. Like, like the, the, we'll, we'll put it under the umbrella of like fakers. One thing that really ticks me off. I've seen this quite a few times on, on TikTok, ironically, of like people that, that fake having ghosts in their house or some sort of paranormal experience because people love that shit on the internet. They're like, Oh, serial killers, ghosts, whatever. And so people on TikTok have whole accounts making it seem like that they have ghosts in their home. I'm like, come on. Yeah. It's like, okay, what have we, what have we turned to do? I, I wrote this in the outline that like social media is like breeding creativity, innovation, but also like, it's kind of like feeding just like annoying behavior. <laughs> Yeah, or even like those. Uh, do you know who um, Ann Reardon is? Who? Ann Reardon. She has a YouTube channel called How to Cook That, and her whole channel is debunking like all those Blossom and Five Minute Crafts videos, which are legit just fake. They're just yeah, fake, they're fake cooking they're videos. Fake. Um, and but the thing is, is that a large user base of these platforms are young people who don't know any better. So I actually really love her channel because she goes into the the how wrong this can be in terms of safety sometimes. Like, you know, Blossom's out here telling you to put something in the microwave for 10 minutes. Don't do that. Don't do that. You could burn something on your body. Right, right. Or like so, set your house on fire. Yeah, so it, it can be dangerous. And this is the this is the wild, wild westness of social media, so to speak. Um, you know, we're about to get into the good things in a second, but there's clearly so many disparate parts that... I think by definition, social media is uncontrollable, which is part of what makes it dangerous and confusing. Yeah, no, 100%, it is. It's almost impossible to regulate. (laughs) (laughs) So things you love about social media, go off. Did you hear that? Was that Shuri or a demon? No, that was Shuri. She's growling at someone else's dog barking outside. There's like this giant dog that lives like on the other side of the street and he's always barking just constantly. And it's like, you can tell it's a big dog because it's bark. It's like, oh, 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 oh. Sounds like Santa Claus. (laughs) (laughs) But it's like, they must keep this dog outside like 24 seven or something because this dog is always barking. It's always loud as fuck. Like, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Things that I love about social media. (laughs) It's funny you asked. Um, (laughs) (laughs) this is like kind of bouncing off uh, what we brought up earlier about how, like you realized through like the political turmoil we experienced in the last few years, how like social media can really like really has a presence for the good and for the bad. Um, I'm going to focus on the good. (laughs) Um, one of my, like this person that I just started following, um, their name is, hold on, I don't, it's, this is their username, but I want to pronounce it right, so hold on. 
Instagram. So is sh- what is Sherry doing over there? I oh, hear sorry. some clicks she's, and ticks. She's playing with her ball. Oh, and now I hear people Wait. in the hallway. Oh, oh she hears okay, them too. One of my neighbors has like a puppy and for oh. some reason they choose to like talk to their puppy in the hallway where everyone can hear them. So it's like every time they take him out, they're like, <laughs> that's a lot. They want to show off. Right, like, Shut up. Nobody gives a shit. And it freaks my dog out. So now she's barking because she can hear these people in the hallway and they're making too much noise. It's like um, apartment 101. The walls are thin as fuck. <laughs> Wait, 101? No, oh no. I'm saying like apartment living 101. Oh. <laughs> the walls are thin as fuck. Shut the fuck up. Like, I was like, you're not on the first floor. No. <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce this person's last name, but her name is Kim Syra, S-A-I-R-A. Their username on Instagram is K-I-M-S-A-I-R-A. And uh, she's doing a huge push to get um, James Corden's TV show segment, Spill Your Guts, canceled because all of the food that they use on Spill Your Guts is actually like traditional Asian food and they just like make it out to be really nasty and they'll be like, oh my God, that's so gross. And we know that like everybody's super harmful a lot of times towards Asians because of the food that they eat and people, this is like a whole ongoing thing. People think that like Indian food stinks and all this type of crap because of racism. (laughs) Sorry, Sherry's playing with her grunting cactus. But yeah, so I think this is like, this person is a fantastic example of like the good type of organizing that people can do on social media. So like they started off by making a TikTok showing how like James Corden's segment is actually racist. And then she started making like infographics on like why you shouldn't yuck another culture's yum. And then talking about like action items, like what you can do to actually get the segment off the air. And they have over 25,000 signatures on their um, petition. They've been shared by a lot of large news outlets. Um, and if you go on any of the late, late shows, recent posts, people are like flooding their comments with hashtag cancel, spill your guts, like all kinds of stuff. So she's really doing a great job of like using her social media presence to like rally people to make change for her people. And I've actually messaged with her a few times on, um, Instagram through lit's, um, page. So this is also somebody who's like, actually cares about connecting with their followers. She has 98.7 K followers. So that's pretty cool. But yeah, this is a good example. Another good example is my former boss, Cree, how she got tons of people to read Toni Morrison by doing a virtual readathon, basically all on Instagram, where they like sold t-shirts and donated the money to Toni's favorite charity. And everybody got to pick which Toni Morrison book they want to read. And then they did like what she calls a uh, deer or drop everything and read. And like pretty much every day we would all go on Instagram live and read together And then people would have online discussions about whatever section of the book that they picked that they're reading. So, and also let's talk about the game stock craziness. Like that's game. What I say, game stock, game stock, stock stock. (laughs) on Reddit, my boy, Reddit. Yes. That is digital organizing. Like people building relationships and getting together to make change, whether it's to be petty or because they actually feel passionate about the issue. But like, that is a great example of how powerful like organizing can be on social media. So I truly applaud people who do that on social media. Um, Yeah, I do love that. I do love that aspect of it. The sort of 
using social media to disrupt whatever systems might be in place. And the GameStop one in particular is very interesting. I mean, there's a reason why Hollywood has already commissioned like two films based off of it. They're probably going to fuck it up, but we'll see. Um, yeah, the the GameStop stock through Reddit on the on the uh, the Wall Street bets subreddit, which is very interesting in and of itself because it started out as a sort of meme forum. If you read up on it, is fascinating because it basically the whole point of it was to just fuck with Wall Street, and it turned to this whole thing that ended up making quite a few people rich. Um, and by people, I mean like normies, for lack of a better word, which kind of exposed the the partiality of Wall Street, which I, I think we Ben knew, but then the mainstream media was like, what? So yeah, the GameStop thing is great. And it's kind of it's kind of happening again with AMC stock. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I didn't even think about that. So yeah, I think it's it can be very powerful for the right reasons. I guess like to just like tell my story. Sorry again, Shuri's playing with one of her little squeaky sharks <laughs> that came in her SS Zippy boat. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Nancy. <laughs> um, the fact that social media can be, it is a full-time job for a lot of people, including myself. And like, that's what really drew me to it when I was like picking a like direct career path in college. It was like, when I took a class that was completely on social media and how to run like a good social media account, I was like, holy shit, like you can really for real dead ass do this as a career. And so I thought that was so cool. And then just constantly like made me think about like when I was setting up my first Facebook account, when I was 11 years old. <laughs> Could she think um, anything else? Hold on. <laughs> Oh my god! Can you take it away from her? Yes. Hold on. Let me find something else that doesn't speak. <laughs> that was a lot. <laughs> Here. You play the cat, okay? Mommy's almost done. Okay. <laughs> um, but just like looking back and thinking about like when I was in middle school. And like signing up for my first Facebook account. And it was like to my parents, it was like, oh my God, this is how we can connect with like people we went to high school with. And like, for me, it was like sharing pictures of whatever I was doing with my friends and now being like, this is an essential part of like operating a business, a nonprofit or anything like it's huge. And so it's just like, so cool to me how like, it's basically grown because of like the users, like sure people like Mark Zuckerberg have had like a hand in changing social media and blah, blah, blah. But like, we have been the ones that have made social media what it is. And so I think that's really cool. That is a very good point. Even though a lot of celebrities have co-opted it to become like the most follow people. I mean, I guess naturally that's gonna happen. Like, of course, like you shouldn't expect a quote unquote regular folk to be like in the top 10 most followed people on the IG. But I wanted to say, on the, on the creativity outlet, speaking from personal experience, as much as I complained about TikTok earlier, I do have a place for it in my heart. You know, I do have quite a few talks and uh, leading up to the election, I made only election focused talks, which was a nice little outlet. It made me feel like I was doing something and they got, you know, some views. Um, I it, it is kind of like a double-edged sword because part of the reason why I still make content is if I was being honest with myself is I'm like chasing that viral talk 
you know, I'm like, I just want one. I just want one talk that gets like a hundred K or more. Um, but I do genuinely enjoy being like, Oh, I have an idea. And then like making it. And of course, TikTok is inherently collaborative because you can like use sounds that people use and use hashtags. You can duet with people and, and all that sort of thing. So I do, I do like that. And I, and I can't acknowledge, I, I can't not acknowledge the fact that like TikTok has enriched my life in the same way that Vine did, you know, like Vine has literally Aww, become, Vine, Vine has right. literally become part of the cultural consciousness of an entire generation. And I don't think I'm being dramatic when I say that, like ask a oh, not at about all. famous Vines and they'll know right. like, as if it was like a classic movie line or something. We quote them all the time. Like it's just regular vernacular. Like, oh my God, they were roommates. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you know. To road work ahead uh yeah I sure hope, I sure it, hope does. it does <laughs> yeah like we do it all the time that was such a big part of it oh my god I miss Vine love Vine, Vine. or even TikTok like I you know Nick and I we joke about this all the time like oh fuck us for like referencing TikToks all the time and like TikTok noises oh my god I do that all the time <laughs> and Morgan doesn't have a TikTok and I know she'll just be like huh but I just have to I have to do it I have like I know my impulses I have to reference a TikTok I don't care who I'm with I have to say it I know it's bad you know how like a TikTok took down the R.I.P. that pussy noise and now people are replacing it with their own versions like R.I.P. that blank I'm getting ripped and yeah so oh my god that's been the new thing Nick and I like whenever we're hanging out we'll we'll be like someone finishes the same one should be like r.i.p that burger it's so stupid it's so dumb see i'll just walk around my house and i'll be like i'm getting ripped (laughs) it's so dumb but it's also harmless you know like i'd rather i'd rather perpetuate that than like you know constantly be up on ig with my, my workout routine and be like Stay slow. <laughs> Cardio doesn't do shit. Hustle, grind, twenty four seven. I mean, no shade to the people that are really passionate about working out, but it is a little intense. Like, calm down. Well, can that in- that yes, I can. That inherently lends itself to more toxicity than the subsequent stupid TikTok noises we were talking about. But yes, uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, I, in terms of politics, too. I genuinely think it's quite quite beautiful how I watched. Uh, I I don't know if is revolution like too dramatic a word to use. I'm thinking specifically last summer, um, with the resurgence of BLM to a place it had really never been before. It was quite wondrous to watch, and I think TikTok had a large part in that in terms of young people, you know. Um, and especially Gen Z, like we had a lot of Gen Zers turn 18 for the election last year, or they turn 18 between 2016 and 2020. And I, I like to think that a large part of them voted that might not have otherwise because of social media. Well, and because like we were so easily able to share like voter information to make it easy. It's like, okay, when the link is right there to register to vote and you're reading everything you need to do, it's like, you can't not click register to vote. So yeah, I think like social media made it so incredible, um, incredibly easy to register to vote. And actually there was a Mark, one of the Marquette 
social media people, he got written about on Buzzfeed because he did like the ultimate clickbait where he posted something on Twitter, like, OMG, this is the real reason why Ariana Grande and Pete Davidson broke up. And then the link that he put in there was the link to register to vote. And so it got shared like millions of times. And so many people responded in the comments, like, okay, I just registered to vote literally because I clicked the link because it was clickbait. And I felt like I had to register to vote because I was already on there. So just like doing stupid shit like that, even like made all the difference. Yeah. Like guilting people to vote. I kind of love that. And in fact, I participated in it. I mean, I, I definitely think voting is one of the few rights we have, like fucking exercise it. Don't <laughs> just sit there. And also that sort of being and I'm talking about the left, obviously. Don't care about the right. Fuck the right. On the left, I, I, there was also a great deal of like open acknowledgement that the last election in particular was solely about getting Trump out and not necessarily getting Biden in. And so all the right. jokes that are still happening about like the sort of discontent with the Biden presidency. My favorite is people being like, what's wrong, Biden? You haven't touched your campaign promises. <laughs> Or, oh, no, no, speaking of TikTok noises, the whole, like, uh, Kamala's don't come. Don't come. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so oh God, many. It's an absolute mess. <laughs> that my favorite that I heard the other day, someone used her saying that on TikTok with the caption, like, <laughs> my brain, when I'm close to finishing after watching porn for three minutes, don't come. Don't come. <laughs> Yeah, people get so creative with sounds. That's what I love about TikTok is that like you can just take anything completely out of context and make it so funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, it's it was a good, it was a force for good. Of course, social media is where a, I think pretty much everybody finds out about like protest locations and times, spreading the word for that. Um, what do we call call them? Like uh, people that would volunteer to hand out water protests and stuff like that. Is there a word for those resource tents? Do we call them that? <laughs> what do we call? Is there a word for them? I have no idea. Okay, just well, nice yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, just, <laughs> stuff like that. You know, like that's that's all well and good, which is why what I was saying earlier is that social media—it really is like a 50-50, I feel like in terms of what you're gonna get. You know, there are some days you could have a great experience, some days you could have an awful experience, some days you have both at the same time. So. I don't know if I if I had to say just in general what I think the best and worst parts of social media are to wrap this up I think the best part is the community and the unity that can come with it um, in the memes and I think the worst part is just all the image and brand stuff that you have to deal with I think it breeds a lot of self-hate and insecurity with people especially young people and that makes me sad yes I agree Oh, on both points. What is that supposed to mean? No, like I'm saying, you agree with my like my best and worst, or your best and worst. Oh, um, I guess I kind of already said my best, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty obvious. Like the worst part of social media is that like a lot of people take it a little too seriously, or they just like let the pressure really get to them to the point where it can be extremely harmful, and that's like really unfair to people who are just, you know, trying to like enjoy themselves and they can't seem to like get past all the harmful stuff that's on social media so it is really sad how like something that's so cool and innovative has also been able to like 
turn on a lot of people that enjoy using it and just like makes them feel like crap. True. In the words of Ileana Reed, it do hurt. It do although, hurt. Although because of social media, she may have gotten that from someone else. Who knows? Uh, no, I'm an original. I'm <laughs> on my own. Don't get it twisted. Uh, uh. <laughs> okay. End quote. Go. <laughs> Go off. Well, do you have anything else to say? Have a good night. Oh. <laughs> um, yes, have a good night. Tune in for the next episode. The next episode, we may have an announcement in store. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> anyway. Um, have a good night. Have a great night. No. Okay, have a good night. That okay. seems more fitting. <laughs> yes. Okay, I'm going to end it.